for you. Good morning, Allison. On this 285th day of 2015, we observe yet another anniversary of the Genoese man who arrived in what he first thought was Asia. In his native hometown of Genoa, he was known as Cristoforo Colombo. To his principal patrons, Ferdinand and Isabella, the king and queen of Spain, he became Cristobal Colón. And to the future generations of the questionably titled New World, he would be Christopher Columbus. 523 years ago, when Christopher Columbus made his first landfall on a Bahamian island, European scholars had already begun growing fond of a concept known as translutio studi, civilization moves in a westward course, from the Fertile Crescent to Greece to Rome to Europe and thence beyond. Nothing, therefore, could have been more natural than calling the territory Columbus had sailed to the New World, or Terra Nuova, as the cartographers of the 16th century would label it. The word discovery would become important as well, from the verb discover, meaning to be the first, or the first of one's group or kind, to find, learn, or observe. Many of us know, however, that for the inhabitants of the lands Columbus sailed to, their home was neither a new world, nor was it first discovered by Columbus. In fact, a sizable contingent of Columbus's crew came from folks who had already done quite a bit of transatlantic sailing. Columbus knew that the Basques, who had already had a centuries-old contractual relationship with the Spanish crown, were the best maritime hands around. Two of Columbus's three ships were Basque-built, and over half of Columbus's crew on those caravels was Basque. Beginning in the Middle Ages, when Europe's demand for fuel to light lamps exceeded the supply of olive oil, the Basques had been whaling first in the Bay of Biscay, then up along the western French coastline, then up along the English and Scottish coast, and finally made their way to Iceland, Greenland, and Newfoundland. They had, in other words, become extremely experienced with sailing the North Atlantic all the way across. And because the Basque country was relatively small, composed of only seven provinces hugging the Spanish and the French sides of the Pyrenees, the Basques were not about to go blowing their horns all over the place about how they were making their fortunes from voyages to far-flung places. Yet ever the clever entrepreneur, Columbus had learned about the Basques through various sailing channels. But Columbus was not at all sure about whether his aim to find a new route to the Far East would find its mark. The Basques, of course, long accustomed to conducting business by contract, signed on with Columbus in the only way they knew how, contractually. So come about late September, early October, when the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria had sailed the number of leagues the Basques had agreed to and land had not yet been sighted, the Basques were ready to head back. And only by renegotiating their contract at sea was Columbus able to continue with his voyage. All of these minor details quickly became glossed over so that the legend of Columbus's discovery could gain momentum. Planning for such a possibility, Columbus had kept no fewer than two sets of journals in which to log his exploits. Accordingly, today, more than five centuries post-discovery, more than one history has also come to light. As we sift through them, we learn a few things about ourselves as human beings and about the ways we continue to pursue things in much the same way as Columbus did. 
so that more than a few of us have become completely opportunistic, at least as far as Columbus Day is concerned. Hey, it's a holiday, a day of rest, our weary bones, right? Who cares about what really happened? Tomorrow, no main. Have a great day. Thank you.